Well, good morning. How's everybody this morning? Good, good. Well, as Pastor said, uh, I am working with your teenagers, which has been an endeavor. It's been fun. It's been an experience. Uh, There's some weird ones back there, but uh, I'm enjoying it. Uh, They're a great group of kids, and I just I want to say, man, I'm so honored to have the opportunity to be a part of Life Church to work with. Uh, uh, pastors such as Pastor Aaron, um, uh, Pastor Ryan, and, and just the team that's here uh, working and driven. And it's, it's just, it's been fun. And to be here at this church, uh, it's, it's become home very quickly. And so I just, I want to thank you as a congregation because uh, you've, you've allowed me to uh, be here as a stranger, uh, come into your home and trust me with something as precious as your little babies. So thank you. I appreciate it. It's been fun. But uh, this morning, we're going to be talking all about, uh, about singleness. And so just so that everybody understands exactly who we're talking about this morning, if you are currently uh, not dating somebody, if you are currently dating somebody, or maybe you were in a relationship before, uh, maybe you're divorced or widowed or you've uh, broken up with somebody currently, then by definition, you would be single. Okay, So basically, anybody who is not married in this place, you are single. Because thus far, every application that I've ever filled out, there's never been a box that says I'm currently in a situation which I'm feeling pretty good about and I'm looking to lock it down at the end of the year. There's nothing like that, okay? So even if you are in a relationship right now, by definition, you are single, uh, unless you got that little gold band around your finger, um, just know that, that you're single. And, and this morning, man, I just, I, I've come to realize that in our day and age, there is such this uh, strength in being single. Have, have you noticed this? You go to the grocery store and you're checking out and, and you see, of course, there's that magazine rack, you know, and there's all the how-tos and, you know, all, all that stuff. But more than ever, I've seen these headlines about singles, you know, stuff like uh, single and sexy or like a single ready to mingle or uh, I'm 40, but I'm as hot as a 20-year-old and I'm single, you know, just off the wall stuff. Just weird. There seems to be this uh, almost like um, energy behind being single, whereas before it was always this thing like you've got to go and get married and you've got to, you know, if, if, you're not, if you're not married by the time you're 30, then you might as well call it quits and, you know, that whole deal. But uh, these days, singleness seems to be this empowering thing. Like if you're single, you, you got something to offer. You can have anybody. You're, you know, you own the world. It is your oyster. And so, man, I just, as a single, that excites me. <laughs> you know what I mean? That excites me to know that, that people are, are, uh, are as excited as, as I am about being single. Uh, but sometimes we, um, you know, the opposite of that is true, honestly, for us singles. You know, sometimes the opposite of that, be, it becomes this stress for you and I. You know, like that, that idea of I've got to lock something down. I'm, I'm starting to get up there in age. And, you know, these goods aren't going to be good forever, you know. <laughs> Uh, eventually they're going to start to spoil, you know, and gravity takes its, you know, wrinkles and, and sagging and the whole deal. And so, uh, you know, but so the, the opposite of that can be true uh, with you and I. And if you're in a relationship right now, you know, uh, more power to you. Hope it works out. Um, but I just, uh, this morning, I, man, I want to take it back to the beginning of, of how and what relationship is supposed to be. Because I think a lot of times we look to these magazines and we look to the, to the books, 
you know, to the, to the dating for dummies and to the, to the websites and uh, to the old Google to tell us what dating is supposed to be, you know, and we're taking advice from all these outside sources because, um, because it's so easy, you know, because it's right there and it's in front of our face. And, and so we begin to take kind of our, our promptings and our, um, our structure of, of, of what relationship is supposed to look like from these other sources. But, you know, I, I want to take it back to Scripture because Scripture's never led me wrong and I don't think it ever will. And so this morning, if you would open up your Bibles and if you'll turn to uh, Genesis chapter 1, uh, verse 27, we are going all the way back to the beginning, people, okay? People always ask why I preach from the Old Testament so much. It's because I like it. I think that uh, it provides us with how things began and how God set them up to be and how, you know, I, I just I love going back to the beginning because the uh, creation to me is, is, is fascinating. But if, if you go to Genesis chapter one, verse 27, it says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Okay, so if you open up your Bible and you're reading through Genesis and chapter one, it's talking to us all about God's creation. It's walking us through the six days where he was creating this and that and the, the depths and, and the ocean and, and the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea and, and you know, the, the beasts that would, uh, the animals that would roam the earth. And, you know, they're, they're getting into this whole situation. And in the middle of this, God creates this thing called man creates this thing in his own likeness, in his own image, this thing that he is called man. And he, he creates it special, okay? Now, everything else was, was created, but there was, there was one thing that God chose to highlight that he said, I created in my own image. In my likeness, I created man. Now, you see, there was no Eve, or there, there wasn't Eve, Adam and Eve first. It was, it was Adam and God first. So as we begin to look at this idea of relationship, about how relationships are supposed to be, I, I want you just for a second to remove from your mind the idea of having a counterpart, okay? Just for right now, that, that you're gonna get married, just remove that. Because I believe that there was something very important, very strategic that God was doing when he created just man in the garden first, before he created Eve. See, you, in my own imaginative mind, I like to think about God and Adam spending time in the garden. A couple of guys, best friends. Bible says that God walked in the garden. I like to think about these two, uh, maybe skipping stones on the water, talking about some cool things that God made and Adam being fascinated by it and um, scared by some of the stuff because he had never seen it. You know, what, what's a hippo supposed to look like anyway? Adam had no idea. He saw it and he was afraid. Uh, but, you know, he's there with God and, and they're talking about all this, this cool, neat stuff. And I'm sure that Adam's asking all kinds of questions to God and God's telling him. And, and, but you see this relationship happening because there was Adam and there was God in the garden. And there was them first together. As that translates to you and I, there's so many other scriptures that support this. But God is setting up for you and I to understand that it's got, about, it's got to be about you and about him first. It's gotta be about you and God first before you can even think about somebody else, about bringing somebody else alongside you. It's gotta be about you and him first. You say, yeah, but Elisha, plenty of people do it. <laughs> yeah, they do. And look around at how many people end up with heartache. How many people end up in divorce? How many people end up in, in situations that, man, they're just, they're not healthy. 
I believe it's because we, we as people have, have stepped away from the principle of trusting God with relationships so much, and we've kind of dove into this idea that, you know what, it's, I, I can take care of this, I got this, God. Don't worry about it, I'm going to lock this down. And it's gotten us into a little trouble because we have stopped putting God first, and as singles, we've started to put this other thing in front of God. And God's saying, no, 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 you've got it all wrong. Go back to my word, to the very first chapter of my word. What, what did I do? I created a man in a garden to spend time with me. I set relationship up to be about me and you first. Before you could even focus on anybody else, you got to get your stuff together with me. See, God understood how important it is. God understood how important it was for Adam to get this. Man, could you, could you imagine what Adam would be going through with Eve if he didn't understand relationship with God first? Like if, if, if God were to drop Adam and Eve in the garden before Adam had time to develop what real relationship was, could you imagine Adam trying to figure the whole situation out? I mean, just bumbling around, not understanding what uh, conversation or sharing your feelings and emotion was. He'd be like a, a sixth grade boy at his first dance. You know, he would, he would be clueless. He wouldn't know how to handle this, this thing that God is calling woman because there wouldn't be that development of relationship. God's the first man on earth. He doesn't have a clue. There's no how-tos for, there's no Google for Adam to look up, you know, how to treat Eve. Got it, you know? There's nothing he can print out and follow steps one through 10 to woo the woman. There's nothing like that. But God understood God understood that before Adam could even begin to think about this, this other type of relationship, he knew that first there had to be relationship between him and God. Because from that kind of relationship with God will stem healthy relationships with other people. Not just relationship with, with the opposite sex and ultimately your, your spouse, but friendships and, 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 and how we're supposed to conduct ourselves in our relationship with family members and, and, and even uh, people we don't know, just what relationship was really supposed to look like. God found this so important and he said, if you'll just trust me, if, if you'll take this model of how I set relationship up to be, and if you'll pursue me in relationship first, these other things are gonna filter. So in the garden, the first thing that ever took place, relationship, it began in the garden between Adam and God. We've gotta to begin to focus on God. The second thing that was found in the garden was, was purity. There was purity in the garden. Scripture says it like this, Genesis chapter two, verse 15. It says, the Lord God took man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. Now understand, there's something very important here. The tree is a representation of something that God was telling Adam not to do. If Adam goes and does this thing, it becomes sin, it becomes disobedience, it becomes this whole other thing. Now see, God, I, I, this is why I love God. God's awesome like this. He tells Adam, he says, look, I've given you this whole big wide open, as far as your eye can see, this is yours. Go and plant crops, go and, uh, 
ranch the animals. What, what do people do with that? I'm not sure what you do with animals, but go and take care of the animals. The cattle are yours. You know, the, the horses are yours. The, everything here belongs to you. I've given this all to you. But the one thing that you mustn't do is engage in, 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 and partake of this thing. Do not disobey me, Adam. Don't do it because it becomes this whole other thing. See, purity is something that God finds so dear, something that is so precious. It is something, guys, that, you, that, that, we, that we have to guard. We have to guard our purity. Let me talk to the men in this room for a minute. Men, these days, for whatever reason, our purity is, is under such huge attack. All you have to do is flip on the TV, type something in Google, and bam, all of a sudden your purity is being attacked. There are three things that every time I flip on the television, one of these three things are always geared towards men. It's either alcohol, it's money, or it's sex. One of those three things are always being targeted at you. Well, and golf. Sometimes it's golf. <laughs> but these things are always coming, and, and, and they're being, you're being bombarded with these things. You know, and sometimes I watch commercials and, and it's a Pepsi commercial and for whatever reason, there's this scantily dressed woman drinking a Pepsi and I'm just thinking, what in the world does one have to do with the other? There's no reason that a beautiful woman uh, has to do with a Pepsi. You know what I mean? This Pepsi will not get you the beautiful woman. Trust me, I've tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> Man, I've cracked open a 12 pack before and what did it get me? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, it just, it doesn't, you know what I mean? As men, we are constantly under attack because the media understands that we like shiny, pretty things. We, 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 we are so driven by what we see. And as a man, you have got to guard your purity because I can promise you nothing quicker will take away the relationship that you're either in or you're going to have, your relationship with your kids, your attention to your, to, your, to your career, your energy, your time and your money, nothing will suck these things away from you quicker than a life of impurity. Nothing will rob you quicker of what God has, has ordained and set you to have quicker than a life of impurity. And if we think about this idea of generational curses, if you are engaging in this impurity, if, if you're adopting that, how that affects your son and your son's son, how it just weaves its way in. Guys, purity, guard it. See, God charged Adam. He didn't go to Eve first. He went to Adam and he said, Adam, don't do this. Guard this. That means that you as a man have a responsibility whether you're in a relationship or going to be in a relationship, it is your responsibility to guard that purity in yourself and in your relationship to say, no, I won't go there. I won't, I won't take from that tree. I won't eat of that fruit. I won't do it because God has told me that I've got to be pure. See, God understood what would happen if Adam took of that tree. He understood that, that if Adam were to take from this tree, all of a sudden, relationship would become something that he never intended it to be. 
When we lead a life of impurity and we take from this tree, relationship becomes something that it was never intended to be. Ladies, let me talk to you for a minute. See, as a woman, I think it's, I think it's harder to be a woman sometimes. I mean, I don't know. I've never been a woman, so I, I, just, I can't say. But I would say that it's probably harder to be a woman sometimes. Because from the time that you were born, man, they, they put a pink uh, beanie on your head and they give you a baby doll. You know what I mean? Like as soon as you come out of your mother, it's beanie and baby doll. And it's like you are enamored with this idea of playing house and finding a husband. You know what I mean? It's like uh, guys from the age of six to, well, probably 25 years old, they're content going out back and playing with a couple of sticks, but not you women. You women have got to, you've got to have the fake baby and, you know, you've got to dress up your little guy friend to uh, be your husband and you got to pretend to cook the food and, you know, you're, you're playing this, you've got this idea of house in your head, you know? And so from the time that you're a little, it's like you're, you're being um, worked into this thing like, okay, you know, I got to find a, a husband and then we're going to go and have babies and we're going to play house and it's going to be this neat, great you know, and how many romantic comedies are just filling your head, you know? I love them just as much as the next guy. Or woman, I'm not sure. But, you know, you're constantly being bombarded with this idea of give your heart away and then you will find the guy and then you will be happily ever after. And, and I think that it becomes this trend with, with girls, with women, that because you're so enamored with this, because you're so ingrained with this idea that that you begin to give your heart away too easily. Man, in youth ministry, I see it all the time. Guys in, in middle school and high school, what they're concerned about is getting as many numbers as possible. Girls, on the other hand, they are uh, obsessed with finding their high school sweetheart, marrying, and then having children. You know, it's such this different psychological shit. And it's fun to watch. It's funny to watch sometimes just because you see how it goes down and you're like, I told you I was here the whole time telling you it was going to happen like that, but, you know. But for girls, it's, it's such this other thing. And, and uh, maturity-wise, you'll see it even, you know, as, as they're young, they, they start to develop quicker and relationship for them is, is something that they go after quicker than, than men do, you know, just because I guess we don't get it as quickly. Um, well, that's fine. We'll get it. But I, I want to charge you as women, guard your heart. Don't give it away to any Joe Blow that's going to show up with a pizza and a carnation on your doorstep, because I promise you there's something better for you. Guard your heart. Don't give it away, because the more that you give your heart away to these guys, the more that you give emotionally or even in relationship, the more that you give that out, the harder that it becomes when the guy that God has set apart for you, once he comes into your life, it's harder for, for trust to take place and for that flourishing, that real love to be there because you've given it away and you know past hurts and you know what uh, things were like in, in the other relationships and what the other guys were. And so this guy's probably just the same thing. No, if you will save your heart, for that guy that's coming, if you will preserve it and understand what this love is about first, then when this love comes into light, man, you know that it is from God and you know exactly how it's supposed to take place. You know that he's the perfect guy for you. Not the perfect guy, <laughs> but the perfect guy for you. Guard your heart, ladies. So understand, when there was purity in the garden, 
God was setting something up for Adam to say, this is the way that, that it's supposed to be. But Adam, when you go and partake of something else, when you go and do this thing that I have told you not to do, then the relationship and the form and the shape that I have, that I have given you of relationship becomes something distorted, something that's not supposed to be. Second Corinthians 7.1 says it like this, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. I love that. I love that. Everything that contaminates. If you can think about sin in that sense, contaminating something, it changes your perspective a little bit because all of a sudden it's not this disobedient thing that you're doing, but it's contaminating. It's poisoning. So when, when, when I talk to you today about walking in purity and conducting your relationships in purity, think about it in that sense. If you knew that what you were doing today was going to contaminate and poison what tomorrow brings, would you do it? I mean, honestly, would you do it? If you knew that the food that you were giving your children today ultimately would kill them, would you give them that food? Most of us not. (laughs) I would hope all of us not. You wouldn't do it because you know it's wrong. You You know it's something that's not supposed to be that way. So as we walk out our lives in purity, we need to understand that that it's not just for today, it's not just for the here and now, but it's also for tomorrow. It's for when we step into that relationship and, and when God goes, okay, you walked in purity and you haven't contaminated or poisoned this thing, but it's, it's right and it's the way that, that I've shown you it to be. The last thing that I see in the garden is I see that relationship was perfected in the garden. Relationship was perfected in the garden. Man, I love this. Genesis 2, 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a, a helper suitable for him. See, God understood that Adam needed and wanted a counterpart. The Bible talks about how Adam, after uh, God had brought all the animals to him and, and, and he had uh, named and, and gone through, you know, and, and done his, his deal, at the end of it, Adam was alone. And God knew that and he saw that and he created a helper for Adam. He created somebody that could, that could balance Adam out, that could help him, that could be alongside him. For a lot of us guys, honestly, you know, we are a mess until we find that woman. So that woman comes into our life and, and can just help us. You know, the last woman that we had in our life was our mom. And most of us uh, aren't still living with her. <laughs> you know, we're trying to figure life out. And this woman comes along and all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, and your life has balance all of a sudden. Because God ordained it to be this way. But before that, God, God, was, God was teaching Adam and he was instructing him and he was showing him how real, real relationship was supposed to look. But in the moment when Adam understood that this had to come first and then Adam began to walk in purity, then God said, okay, now it's time, now it's right. Now I can perfect it. Now I can perfect relationship in your life. I know that you need somebody. I know that. See, I think a lot of times as singles, uh, we get so focused on, on trying to find our counterpart. 
we get so focused on trying to make this thing happen um, because we're worried. You know, we're worried that, that we're going to get up in age and there's not going to be anybody there. And, uh, you know, we, we want to try and do this thing. And so it's like when you were growing up and you had a Where's Waldo book. You know what I mean? Any Where's Waldo people in this place? I grew up on it. One of the most frustrating books as a third grader ever. <laughs> but you would be there and you would be staring at this image forever and you could never find Waldo. And you would go out, I mean, just 30 minutes, 45 minutes, two and a half hours later, you're still staring at this book trying to find Waldo. And, and, and your eyes are all bloodshot and you're tearing up and people would think that you were on drugs except you're in third grade, so then they don't ask. But you're just, you're like, ah, I can't find it. And your friend comes over with a snack pack and he's like, oh yeah, dude, he's right there. And you're like, where? It's like, dude, he's right there. But the thing is, you and I have been so focused on this thing for so long, we haven't had the, the, the perspective to step away and then come back and then look for Waldo. But your friend understands and he sees it right there. Now God is your friend with the snack pack. <laughs> God is your friend coming over going, hey, buddy, step away from the book for a minute because I want to help you. I want to help you find Waldo or Waldina, whoever. <laughs> Tammy, I know you told me what her name is, but for the life of me, I can't remember. I'm sorry. Waldo, Wal Waldina, whoever he or she is. God's saying, I want to help you find that individual. But you've got to focus on something besides your relationship because you're so, you're so enamored with, with, with this thing. You're so focused on, on trying to make it happen all inside of yourself and, and you don't realize that I want a perfect relationship in your life. Step away for a minute, focus on me, and then we'll make this thing happen together. And I promise you, the thing that I'm going to bring into your life is going to blow you away. In ministry, more than ever, more than anywhere else in this world, I see the ugliest guys with the most beautiful women. I see it in ministry so much. And I'm just thinking, what happened? What in the world? Where, where did I just come back from? I mean, I love it because I'm in ministry, so I'm looking to, you know, I'm looking to get hooked up with God, you know, like, hey, where's mine? But in ministry, I see it. And, and I have to realize, you know what? God is going to give you something that is so mind-blowing, that is so perfect for you. For the guy, man, it was, it's this beautiful woman who's got this beautiful heart, and she is just, she's perfect for him. And for the woman, it's this man who is anointed and can speak, and although he might not have the looks, the woman doesn't care because she's not into that. <laughs> But together, God has united these two people and he's perfected relationship and he's, and he's, it, it's not this guy trying to fit this square peg into a round hole, but, but God is, he's united these two things together that make sense that he instituted and that he formed to be with one another. The last month we talked all about uncertainty and trusting God with things in our life, our finances and our future and our families and Man, why wouldn't we trust God with this? If you're going to have to be waking up to, the next, to this person for the next 60, 75, with the progression of science, 95 years, why would you not trust God with this? 
if you're going to make it through, if you're going to experience this thing <laughs> with your spouse, why would you not trust God with this? Guys, this is one of the most precious gifts ever given to you. Why would we not take the most care of it now? Why would we not be the most vigilant and watchful? Why would we not be the most adamant and intentional? Why wouldn't we go full force, all out, gung-ho to make sure that this thing happens and it succeeds in the way that God planned it to be? God wants to perfect relationship in your life. But guys, first, you've got to make it about him. You have to make sure that you're focused on him. Sure, it can happen without him. And a lot of relationships do and, and have happened. Some of them are successful. Some of them are not. Man, I don't want to take the gamble. I don't want heartache. I don't want to end up in divorce. I don't want to end up in a situation that God never intended for me. You've got to make it about him. And then you've got to live your life in purity. You've got to live every day intentionally waking up going, you know what, I'm not going to do that because I know that's going to compromise my purity. I won't go there. I can't be with those people. I won't watch that. I'm not going to talk about that. I can't listen to that. And right now it sounds like a lot of rules, and, but it's about something so much more than that. It's about you finding exactly what God has in store for you and you not poisoning or contaminating it. It's about us finding something so special and God entrusting us with that and saying, okay, now you're ready because you've lived your life in purity. And then it's about God perfecting that relationship. Perfecting that relationship. If everybody would bow their heads this morning.